everyone, and welcome back to Fantastic Lady Day Podcast. I don't know why, but I feel really short. Let me adjust. There we go. Now you can see me. Um, but I am your host, Carrie Collins, and appreciate you guys coming back, coming back to us. Um, it's been a minute, and I wanted this video to be like a really fun video. I was really having a hard time like figuring out what I wanted to kind of go over and whatever, but um, yeah, uh, I figured it out real quickly. Um, so today I wanted to really talk about, I'm a little fired up, um, and I definitely want to get into a really intense topic. Um, so, um, we're going to open it up so we can just get right on into it because I'm fired up and understand that everything that I talk about is just my opinion. I try to get all sides of the story. I, I don't claim that I'm any sort of expert on anything. Everything in this podcast is just purely my opinion, my perspective, whatever. And I try to give as much information as I can, whether it's for or against. I try to understand like the full spectrum of the issues that I'm talking about. So today I wanted to talk about, there is this thing that my husband sent me. It was actually a while ago and I just really wanted to sit with it and, and kind of look into it and see what the motivations are. But um, he sent me this video talking about how men, and, and of course, you know, all the titles are just really dramatic. Like men are so over women. And so they're going overseas to find traditional wives. And so um, that is a very, I mean, obviously that is a very loaded topic and I want to be um, just as kind of factual as I possibly can when I'm talking about this. But um, anyway, we need to get into this because there's so much to talk about. Um, and so here we go. We have our opening clip with a fantastic lady and roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> if you're part of my generation, you know what that means. Walking down the street, pretty woman. Mm. Sex, sex. <laughs> so there, there that right on is. So, um, yeah, today's topic. Woof. Oh, I'm gonna need another sipper. Let me just tell you, this initially, I feel like any woman would feel attacked. You know, um, I think the big, what I'm getting from the male perspective is that um, they feel like women nowadays are extremely entitled. They don't take care of their physical looks as much as they used to. Um, they don't, they put their, their jobs, um, before their families. Um, what are some other key points? I, I feel like that's kind of like, like they feel like in general, what I'm getting is that these men 
feel like, um, you know, women, women have changed and they're not these traditional, um, these traditional ideas of what women's roles and women, what women in society are supposed to be. So I, I, before I really get into like my whole opinion, I want to like, I want to just show some videos, show some statistics, and then I want to give my perspective because, um, yeah, I think that's just going to be the better (laughs) way to go about it. So, um, this, I found this video, it's a CNN, um, I don't know how to say his last name, but, um, it's, I'll link this video in the description, um, somewhere, but it's like why the rate of single men in the U S looking for dates has declined. And, uh, and so I thought we would just kind of get some different takes, some different perspectives on the male point of view of this whole, of this whole debate, or I don't know what you want to call it, this whole issue. Um, so here we go. Last week, I delved here into recent data from the CDC suggesting major problems with regard to the mental health of our adolescents, surges in depression and suicidal ideation, especially true for our girls. This week, I found cause to worry about young men. This headline from The Hill, it caught my eye. Most young men are single. Most young women are not. The story reported that as of 2022, Pew Research Center found 30% of U.S. adults are neither married, living with a partner, nor engaged in a committed relationship. Nearly half of all young adults are single. Now, look at these numbers. 34% of women, twice as many, a whopping 63% of men. What explains that? So I just want to pause here for a quick second. Um, and I do want to, if I can find a picture of the divorce rates in the U.S. as of right now, um, I think that's a really big statistic that needs to be present in this because obviously divorce rates um, have skyrocketed. I know a lot of people, my personal family is comes from divorced parents. Um, so, um, I definitely think that there is, that is, there's some stock in the divorce rates that are happening. I pulled the Pew study and I read with interest. Turns out since 2019, the share of single men who say they're looking for dates or a relationship has declined from 61% to 50%. In 2018, 28% of men ages 18 to 30 reported they'd had no sex in the past year, compared with 18% of women of that age. Oh, this was also um, another um, issue that a lot of men had was that um, the rate of the the amount of sex that they were having, um, obviously, was in the decline. So I did want to make mention of that because we will be talking about that later. The Hill report said men in their 20s are more likely than women in their 20s to be romantically uninvolved, sexually dormant, friendless, and lonely. I just really want to take a moment for that for that sentence. Men in their 20s are more likely than women to in their 20s to be romantically uninvolved, sexually dominant, dormant, excuse me, sexually dormant friendless and lonely just 
keep that in keep that in the back of your head. I know, I know, ladies, we're all we're getting there. You feel the heat burning from your gut and it's boiling and it's getting to a climax. Trust, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse before we before we get into this. Stand at the vanguard of an epidemic of declining marriage, sexuality, and relationships that afflicts all of young America. Among the causes, among the factors, a reliance on social media and online porn. But also, more young women are hooking up with each other or dating and marrying slightly older men, and heterosexual women are getting more choosy. So... The, the, my point here is, why aren't we asking the women why? Why are we seeing a, quote, increase in same-sex relationships? Why are women becoming more choosy about just their partners in general? Why are we not asked? Why is that question not being asked? But the issue is, when you have a group of men, the lower half of attractiveness of men in online dating, which has doubled, now it's about half of relationships, and the top 20% of men in terms of attractiveness get about 60% of the interest, you end up with a group of men that are more prone to conspiracy theory, more prone to misogynistic content, more prone to believe, not believe in climate change. So these, this is the American story. If it's written with a pen whose ink is failing young men, does does not end well. This is an existential crisis, failing young men. I love how the news media make, like really just goes for it on these fucking titles. American young men in crisis. Are they really in crisis because they can't go on a date? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to blame a whole entire, like, all of women because... You're lonely. Okay. See, here's where I don't want to go. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, for real, you know, it's like, you know, the only person that can save you is you, right? And I don't know what it is with this new generation coming up or my generation or what have you, but it's like, you know, like, Nobody can save you but yourself. Like ultimately, I mean, you can get help and you have you can have resources and you can do all this stuff. But it's like if you're depressed or if you're sad because you don't have friends or you know whatever, it's like you're the only one that can change your life. You have to get up and move and do something. You can't just like sit in a corner and pray about it and then blame someone else for the fact that you feel bad. You know. Ah, let's keep going. Scott, thanks for returning. Hasn't the advantage always been to those with the looks and or the money? What's changed? Uh, first off, Michael, I just want to say thank you for raising this issue a year ago when a lot of media um, companies were afraid to talk about this for fear of its being pro-men with somehow being anti-women. Look, this is returning to the natural order of things. For the majority of history, a small percentage of men have had the majority of the mating opportunities. But in America, we decided to make a huge investment in what would probably be the greatest innovation in history, and that is in the middle class. From 1945 to 1947, seven million men returned from war were discharged from the service, and we decided to give them the GI Bill, uh, subsidized mortgages. Uh, we saw education rates come from five to 45 percent. They were valued, and we had such a strong a manufacturing base that you had massive 
uh, marriage and household formation. And some men... That women were working in during the war, let's not negate. Let's not negate that women were in the workforce because men were overseas, obviously, fighting the war. So everybody was playing a part at that time that needed to be played. Seen as more economically and emotionally viable. And you've seen... Keep going. <laughs> reverse happen with the out- offshoring of much of our manufacturing base with a society that quite frankly doesn't value young men when we talk about problems with people of color or women we see it as a systemic societal problem when we see problems or the stats that you just mentioned we see it as accountability or the men just need to level up but married households and household formation are better citizens they vote i don't think that is a valid point but i don't know i think when you're specifically when you're talking about, you know, um, women of color, that if you've never, I, I encourage you to watch, if you're into documentaries and like stuff, I encourage you to watch like the, the, um, or what was it? Surviving R. Kelly. Oh my God. I, I mean, really my, I mean, obviously that whole that whole documentary was just horrific and things that he did were horrific and he deserves to spend his life in jail. But, um, the fact that nobody like being a minority woman has to be just the most horrific thing in the sense of like, when you speak out or when you speak your truth, nobody listens, nobody takes you like, Every nobody takes you seriously, like, like that. <laughs> to to even put, and and I'm thinking in my brain, you know, they're saying they're generalizing American men, and I'm really, I feel like, you know, as white men talking about men's issues, you know, that's where I'm going to. I really don't feel like white men are in a crisis <laughs> at all. Um, I, I think when you start to get into bigger, broader statements like American men and what, you know, minority, blah, 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 like they're just in two complete, they're not even in the same book. And then Scott, you toss in the influence of social media and how relationships today, they don't come from in our era, happenstance and mingling, right? They, they come from swiping. And that further accelerates this issue. Am I right? Oh, it's it's been the chaser to it. I mean, to have to have an honest conversation about this, we have to be honest. And that is that men and women have different mating criteria. One quarter of women, excuse me, one quarter of men saying economic viability is a key criteria in a mate. Three quarters of women say that is important. And when you're on a two-dimensional format where now it's one and two relationships begin online, it used to be one and four just a few years ago. It gets distilled down to a small number of criteria. Specifically for men, it's does she look attractive? And specifically for men, is he, is he able to signal his ability to garner resources in the future? An average attractive male on Tinder gets swiped less than 1% of the time. And there's three men on Tinder for every one woman. So you. I do agree that online dating is literally the bane of our society. I think as somebody who I, I, I pray to God that I'm never single because I could not 
I couldn't do it. I met my husband in a physical place. We worked together. Like it was very organic. We vibed off each other. Like it was a whole thing. I don't understand. I have a lot of single friends who do the online dating thing. I have heard so many stories that I wish some of my friends would honestly write a book because it is hilarious because you men really show ass if I can just say say that. Still that you've taken out one of the key components of mating dynamics and that is vibe, humor, body language, pheromones, the ability to be quite frankly a little bit persistent in the pursuit of a romantic relationship. We have no third places anymore no places to meet people aren't going to bars they aren't sports league they aren't going to church they aren't even going to work i feel like definitely covid changed the dating dynamic obviously um and it just really changed a lot of relationships and forced people to really like (laughs) do the damn thing and some people just didn't come out of it okay and a lot of people you know it Everything changed. I feel like COVID's changed the entire world and how everything is functioning. And it really, it forced people to sit down and really think about, you know, their lives and what it is and what it means. Um, And I think that it really impacted, um, it impacted a whole generation it impacted the gender roles in society. It impacted race, equality, all that stuff. Um, it just, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get into another one. So this is a, a, a YouTube channel called Legion of Men. I know, ladies, we're getting to right about here if you're not higher up already. But um, this is specifically talking about how uh, the men are looking for more traditional wives overseas. Um, and and let's just get into it. Let's just watch. Let's and then then we'll talk, ladies. We'll have our moment. Don't worry. So this video, um, they they showed like a whole other clip. Their react. This is re- my reacting to them reacting, basically. But um, they showed a whole whole other clip um, about this guy ta- and this lady having a debate, and you know, obviously the women get heated and this, that, and the other thing. So this is kind of their. This is going into more of these two people's kind of opinions of it and whatnot. <laughs> women can't handle it. Some feelings in the white were hurt in the making of this video. That's a guy with real experience with women and just saying the truth. Everybody already knows that, oh, yeah, Eastern Europe tends to have a lot of beautiful women, right? Parts of South America, a lot of beautiful women. There's, everybody knows this, beautiful people in certain parts of the world, whatever. The fact that they got so defensive when all he was suggesting is that women in certain parts of more conservative uh, areas of the world, like Eastern Europe, still espouse the traditional feminine energy of wanting to take care of their men, take caring, taking care of their own bodies, wanting kids, family, wanting to serve, right? Their man, their husband, as opposed to England, where it's very much like, you know, America, the just Mecca of the West, essentially, where feminism has a strong driving force. Women are taught to be strong and independent. I don't need no man. I know, ladies, I know. It is true. I do. I do wish that I could identify as a beautiful bronzed goddess Brazilian woman. 
Um, but, uh, but yes, here we go. Men are portrayed in the media as like uh, bumbling fools. All they do is break things, don't know how to fix anything, can't take care of themselves, they're babies, they're practically giant children. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this because, I mean, the only time I've ever really made fun of my husband is like, you know, that whole thing where, where we make fun of men because they act like babies when they're sick, you know, and all this stuff. You know, I guess that's like kind of like a stereotype or whatever. But as far as like demasculize, demasculize, what is that word? <laughs> as far as like demas, demas, whatever. As far as like offending their ego of manhood, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree. But the mommy them, right? That's that's essentially what media is pushing in the West. And you have these women that are living values and lifestyles that don't coincide with getting a ring or commitment from a man. And then they get butt hurt when a guy makes a simple comment of if you do want a more traditional. But what define what doing doing those things that don't deserve a ring? Like, what are those things? You know, don't just generalize like like give me some specifics, because if you're talking about, you know, a woman who's career oriented. Like, I don't understand, like, I don't understand that. Arg I don't understand the argument. Like, if your values don't match up, then your values don't match up. And then just whatever. Woman that is well put together, you have to go to Eastern Europe and their heads pop off and explode. Immediately, the you have small D energy, apparently, is what they're saying. <laughs> you, you'll never get another woman in England again. And he was saying what's true. That's a very international city where a lot of the beautiful women that tend to live there similar to like new york or la foreigners. style are foreigners right but they can't handle that well, what what do you mean what do you mean you want to go to russia and they're better blah blah blah. she's got pink hair of all the people to counter argue this you brought a pink haired woman hmm. where do we where do we go like i don't so, so basically what this person is saying is like, you have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you have to do things a certain way for me to even entertain the idea that I would even remotely want to create a family with you. If in, like, I don't understand the argument of like, and then to do something as little as petty, I, th I feel like it's very petty and very small minded to be like, and you bring a lady with pink hair on. What does the color of somebody's hair have anything to do with their values or who they are as a person? Like, I don't. That. Calm down, ladies. <laughs> I think there's like. There's a lid for every pot. If he feels like he needs to go to Eastern Europe to find a woman, I think he's in his right, as he should. 100% agree. I think women can go and do and be, and men, if men, if you don't like the women in your country, by all means, peace the fuck out, because you're probably saving a lot of women, uh, you know, in, in, in your country. <laughs> a lot of grief and agony and a lot of, uh, uh, therapy sessions. Um, 
you know, I, I don't understand, like, I don't understand people's mindsets of like, we have to do it this way. This is the only way to do it. I was like, no, if it's not right for you, then go do it some, go do it somewhere else. Go do it differently. It doesn't mean that I have to buy into it. It doesn't mean that I have to, to agree with everything in your life. And you don't have to, and I don't expect you to agree with everything in my life. You don't have to like my values and my traditions. And that's fine. That's what makes us individuals. But to say and generalize that all of these women are like, obviously women are changing because the world is changing. And, you know, a lot of people who, you know, who got their way, I mean, it's been a real good lifetime for these, uh, for these men, for these American men. It's been a real good run for the last, I don't know, thousand years. And so other genders, other communities are trying to just have a, have a instance of the piece of that pie. And in these American men can't handle it. He said he, you know, he likes a certain look of woman, right? Exactly. So he should be able to go there. Preference. Agreed. That's fine. Now, in general, personally, I don't like to enclose myself into like very rigid rules. Like this, per- the person, I don't know where the person that I'm going to marry is going to be from. Honestly, I'm open to the whole world, right? right. So I'm not going to be like Eastern European. That's my only chance. Right. But if this person feels like it, that's fine. Right. And he's, a, again, a dating guru. There are certain men that uh, coalesce under his umbrella of his businesses. and It is interesting, sh- yeah. though. Like, okay. It is interesting because, let's say in the U.S., a lot of men think that they can't find a good woman here either. And it's, is it, do you think that's a realistic point of view that in a country with 300,000 plus women, you cannot yes, find bitch. a woman? Or do you think they just go to a certain um, country where they just tend to be more traditional to up their chances because they aren't high value enough to find it here? Who the women are being traditional in those other countries? Mm hmm. No, I think economically tradition there is held together because you need a man, you need an intact family to survive, right? Economically, economically speaking, a lot of the countries they're saying to go to tend to be poor. Yeah, so that that was my point because um, the women here, especially a woman who is educated and makes mm-hmm. her own money, her standards are so much higher than a village girl that's going to be content with you. Oh, oh. This is one of the points, and we're going to definitely get into it because um, I, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, providing less. Right, we'll see, and there we go. That's the dichotomy of the lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. Um, With a woman becoming a career woman, she loses her feminine nature, her feminine qualities. Mm -hmm. And her standards also rise. Well, you could be a very hot, you could have insane. So... So career and career, education, success, whatever you want to call it, equals you are no longer feminine. Is that, is that the point that we're making? What does bettering my life and my situation and 
and and having a voice and an opinion, how does that make me any less of a woman? I mean, I still have XX chromosomes. I still have tits. I still have a vagina and a uterus. I can still create life. But that that takes away my femininity because I can be educated and have an opinion again, maybe against yours. No. Is and be a traditional woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting with a guy that makes less than an inordinate amount of money mm-hmm. because I want to live that basically rich. And first of all, there are toxic people in every walk of life. Like obviously, there are very highly, highly successful women that are very toxic, and you know, and there are just as much as there is men that are very, very toxic. So if you're finding somebody who has this, you know, narcissistic perspective to life then obviously that is a toxic thing and that is not a good quality in a human being but to then say that like this whole generalization that women are not feminine for going and being you know have and there's statistics that i'll show like women out outrank out statistic men when it comes to getting bachelor's degrees in education. We are getting like, there's women that are going back to school, getting double bachelor's, getting master's PhDs. Like there's a lot more women who are really getting out there doing the damn thing, getting that education. Lifestyle. Right. But I'm just saying the availability of men that can provide that certain lifestyle for of the course. amount of educated women there are right, of is course. disproportionate. So, and we know that for a woman to be able to respect her husband and to, you know, fall into that submissive role. He has to be the, better. He has to be better than her. And right. Hundred percent okay. I don't I don't I disagree. Like what they're talking about is 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 not a functioning relationship um i I mean it's just so it's just so asinine that they're that this is their perspective and i do want to get into some statistics and some really specific things about this um so let's get back we'll come back to this video um so there is an article um that I found. It's called The Good Men Project, Conversation No One Else Is Having. So it's a really good, um, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good website for resources. But this specific article by Mona Lazar um, is called American Men Are No Longer Interested in American Women. The Dating Wars Are On. And she really, she's, um, she is a let me see. Um, she is an Eastern European woman. So she has that perspective as an Eastern European woman dealing with American men who are, you know, obviously in this. Um, but um, some of the things that she uh, would hear from these guys was this, um were some of these things. Um, American women are so entitled. They think the world belongs to them and they're full of airs. They don't respect me as a man. I need a woman, not competition. They always have an argument and an opinion about everything. There's no peace in the house. They don't take care of themselves. I wish my wife looked like you. 
Um, my ex-wife was all about her career. She never took care of me. Women in my country, they just don't know how to be feminine anymore. I love that Eastern European girls are family oriented and sweet. Um, so, so these wives, so let's talk about these wives that these guys are, are finding. And, and they touched on this in that last video. Um, usually the wives are extreme, like, you know, very beautiful, you know, like the very, the goddess, the beautiful, they're young, slender, you know, whatever. Um, they usually come from poor, large families. So obviously, you know, they have to depend on their family unit to survive, um, which go coincides with being uneducated. Um, so ipso facto, they have a very, they have a lower chance of, um, making a, a living for themselves or being independent or doing, doing those kinds of things. And, and these cultures are usually steeped in traditional values. Like they just are ingrained in those traditional values. And so, and, and I think, you know, as women are fighting for, um, for those equal rights and, trying to be more independent and, and, you know, growing up in what they, you know, so lovingly said, like, I don't need a man culture, um, which I know that I've even said out loud from my vocal cords. <laughs> I don't understand why my femininity is attacked because I want to have an education. I want to be a part of things like I want to just be respected in an industry or not be defined by a specific ideology or a specific you know what society deems as what a what my role is like why why is it that you know the the men can can go to work and they don't have to be questioned about oh, who's or, you know, how are your children? Like who's, who's with your children? You know, that's a question that men don't, don't see. And then, you know, especially when it comes to dating, you know, if a, if an older woman dare, or, you know, dates a younger man, you know, there's all these connotations, but, um, or if a, a younger girl is dating an older man, like a way older man, then she's a gold digger. You know, it's just like, there's just all these like, things that women are going up against that we're trying to change because those narratives aren't working. Those narratives don't work in this world that we're living in. And I think it's rightly so. I feel like just look through history. Everything evolves. Everything changes. Nothing can stay the same. Things that don't serve the society or the human race anymore, they go extinct. And I think that this traditional narrative is going extinct because it doesn't serve because there's other opportunities. The world is changing. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why there's this group and it's not all men. It's, it's just this group of men who don't want to, who are very narcissistic, who don't want to take accountability for anything and they, they just, you know, they can't handle the change. They can't handle, it's not even about handling a woman. It's just about, you know, 
let me just say this. When I married my husband, like I love my husband. And if he were to never be in my life again, it would be like, would it be devastating? Of course. Would I grieve? Of course. But I don't need my husband to survive. Um, you know, we're in what I guess you would consider a traditional wife-husband relationship. He uh, works for, he's a police officer and he also is in the Navy Reserves. And I have been staying home with our children. Um, so I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I have worked little jobs here and there. Um, but you know, like I, to my point, you know, if my husband was not around, life goes on. Like I don't need my husband to survive my lifetime. I chose to be with my husband because we have the same values and we wanted to build a life together. I can build the life with or without a husband. Let me just put that very, very clear. But I chose because I love him, because I know that God put him in my path, and um, and I do appreciate that he is open to me, and he doesn't see me as just like the wife, the woman in the relationship. I'm not subservient. We both serve each other in the same ways. Um, I think, you know, he, especially for him, like he is very much raised in a very, very traditional Christian household. And so, um, you know, there, and a lot of that, you know, is definitely in, in his world is those traditional values that these men are talking about. Um, I'm trying to like get it out. I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm not explaining. <laughs> it's frustrating because it's just such a loaded, it's such a loaded topic. And I don't know if you guys feel this, but it's just like, you don't, I, this is what, this is what is happening inside of my body in this moment. I just want to be transparent in general. I am enraged. I feel attacked and I feel enraged. Not only is this society taking away my identity or wanting to take away my identity and everything that I stand for as a woman. Now I'm being combated with men who, with the whole transgender whole reassignment, everything they're trying to take away women as an identity, as a, as a being, as, as a part of the gender community. And now you have these men who are coming at these women, um, and, and saying, and, and now we're having, we're having to define so you're trying to completely take away our identity, but now you have to define us in these specific, very, very specific gender roles and very, very specific, like you have to be a certain way. You have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way, but your identity doesn't matter. Like, so basically what society is telling me, and I, and I don't know because I'm kind of getting more reactionary, it's like, you guys just want a fucking AI robot. Because that's not, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. I am a human, first and foremost, I am a human being. 
Thank you very much. And I deserve love, respect, just as much as everybody else and everything else in this world. I deserve to have a space to define exactly what my role is in the world, what my role is as a woman, what my femininity is. And I deserved, I deserve to have a space to be whatever I want because everybody else deserves to have a space to be what they are and define what they are and identify what they are. And I just feel like women are just, it's just coming. So when you see us reacting, when you see us coloring our hair, when you see us um, trying to fight the, 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 the patriarchy and, and these feminist actions, it is all because we are just constantly getting told. We're constantly getting told that one, you are not valid as a person, and that two, that you're never enough to even be your gender. And so that's why we are doing this, is because it's all a reaction to all of this pressure that's just so conflicting and none of it makes sense. And so I applaud all of you ladies who have gone out and despite all of this shit that's happening against us who are standing up, being the moms that you need to be, being that dependent work person, getting that education, standing on your own two feet, choosing what you choose, what you want in your life. Like that's the, that's the, that's the stuff that I'm about. And I want that for everybody. I want that for men. I want men to be able to to live the life that they need to live. If you need to go, if you are just so hell-bent on a certain stereotype and you're just, you know, in that space, then please, please go find your happiness. But just because you just because you can't find what you're looking for in your life doesn't mean that that's my fault. Having a voice is not my fault. Wanting to be educated, wanting to have, be a CEO, be the next vice president, president, whatever, that's not my, that's not an attack on your masculinity. And I just wish that more people would understand that, like, you're getting all of this information and you just never feel enough. You never feel heard. You never feel enough. You never feel, I, why do I cry in all of these videos, guys? I just, seriously, like this is, this is the, for me, this is what it is. Um, and I want to redirect back to, you know, to my question that I asked before, why the question, like the whole thing isn't what is, is to me is why are we not asking these women? Why, why, um, why are do you are these men? Why are you changing? Why why is like traditional values like all this stuff? And I really think it goes back to um, and I have some statistics, you know, and and they and again touching back on to you know there's you know more uh, female um, or like homosexual relationships um, and women deciding to be single. Why is that? Why would you think? Um, one out of every six American women has been in a, vic a victim 
of an attempted or completed rape in her lifetime. Um, think about that. One out of six women in America have been almost or completely raped. There is one in three women who have been in some force, in some form, or one, excuse me, one out of nine women who have been, you know, sexually harassed. I have been harassed so many times by um, older men, especially when I was younger. Um, you know, older men propositioning to, quote, make breakfast for me, which obviously we know what that means. Um, I've been catcalled. Um, I've, I've gone to the club with my girlfriends and I've been groped to the point that I felt so uncomfortable that I had to call my boyfriend. I was crying in the bathroom. I had to call my boyfriend to come pick me up. Um, I have been in multiple, multiple relationships um, with men who um, abused me sexually. And um, so, yeah, I mean... Just that's my personal opinion. It's not even that bad. You know, there's women that have been in, in a lot worse situations than me. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about gender equality. I mean, obviously, we've done a lot of stuff. So right now, I think it's um, I think it's gone up. Um, let's see. Uh Equality pay has improved um, where they earned, uh, women have definitely gone up in pay. They earned about 81% of, of what men, which is, uh, they earn 81% um, on the dollar of what men earn, which is different from like in the 70s where they're only earning like 60 something. Um, and um, women in the workforce. I really think that, again, we need to talk about COVID. I think a lot of women had to, it, and it, it, the majority of women, myself included, I had to quit my job because I had to stay at home because schools all went remote, right? Um, but I, I really think, again, gender roles. The women had, I had to sacrifice my job because my husband made more money um, with his job. So it was obviously a better situation for me to just stay home. Um, so there's those, those kinds of things. Um, um, so as of 2009, only 24% of CEOs in the U S were women and they earned 75% as much as males. So this is a really, just a really good reference. It's the international labor organization that I'm looking at some of their statistics, um, about gender equality. Um, so it's definitely gone up, but we haven't, you know, it's not equal. Like, it's just not. Um, even though a lot of women have a lot more educational stuff in their background. Um, so this is from the Paw Research Center. Um, women make up 40% of the U.S. labor force, um, up from 30% in the 50s. Um, and then we've seen, it says we've seen a steady growth in labor force participation. 57% of working age women are either employed or looking for work. Um, women, women's wages have, 
have grown, which has helped to narrow the gender pay gap. Um, so women's median earning, earnings, uh, hourly earnings in the 80s was um, $12.48, and it went up in 2016 to $16. Um, women have made gains in educational attainment. This is 30% uh, or 38% of women um, uh, are more likely to have college four-year degrees and only 33%. Um, um, women still lag in the top leadership positions in business and government. Um, again, it's a very, obviously government is a very male dominated industry. So um, kudos to, you know, the women who are rising up, you know, House, Senate, um, the role of women as family bread earners has grown dramatically in the recent de- decades. In 2014, uh, women were the sole or primary f- financial provider in four to ten, four in ten households with children younger than 18, which is up from 11% in the 1960s. Today, 30% of women who are married or cohabitating with a male par- partner contribute at least half of the couple's t- total earnings up from just 13% in 2008. But men earn more than women in 69% of married or cohabitating couples. Working women are much more likely than working men to say that they face gender discrimination on the job. Public, the public is divided whether, over, whether the country has made adequate progress in giving women equal rights. Half the Americans say the country hasn't gone far enough. 39% say efforts on this front have been about right. And 10% say the country has gone too far. Well, more than half the women, 50% say that the country hasn't done enough to give women equal rights with men. Men are split between blah, blah, blah. So their daddies. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, I think we're seeing this in a lot of communities. I think, you know, our world, our society is changing right? It has to, we have to evolve. We have to change different things happen. You if you look throughout history, you'll see this. Um, and, and right now I think it's a great, I'm, I'm feeling positive because it's a great place for change because minds are opening, right? Um, you're bucking the system, you're changing the narratives, you're, you're, you're releasing the old toxic, ways that society has kind of or pressures that society has put on us and i think it's a great place for change i do feel positive about this and i think there's there are enough people who and i would consider myself in those people that are are ready for positive change um and like i've said in other videos everybody deserves a space you know i mean there's going to be negative people everywhere. There's going to be this toxic stuff. Um, but I think there's enough people who can stand up for the right thing, who can be a positive force in our society, who can make those positive changes so that everybody can live the life that they need to live to fulfill whatever they need to fulfill in this lifetime. Okay. So we have gone far, 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 far. We need to lighten this up. I need a drink. My God. Um, so let's get into some videos. <sighs> yes. 
Okay. But you see, in dealing with me, the relatives didn't know that they were dealing with a staunch character. And I tell you, if there's anything worse than a staunch woman, S-T-A-U-N-C-H. There's nothing worse, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you guys don't know the, the whole story, there was a documentary um, back in the day. Um, it's called um, Grey Gardens. And it's about this mother and daughter. They're part of the whole... Um, it was uh, Jackie Kennedy and Lee Radswell's mom and or cousin, aunt and cousin or mom and cousin. I forget the whole details. But anyway, they were basically like living in this crazy mansion and they were isolated from the world. You know, a lot of people argue that um, this documentary took a advantage of them or, or whatever. Um, they definitely had some mental mental instabilities but um but yeah it's definitely worth a watch i really want to watch it they say it's on tcm uh the documentary but i don't know anyway i love this woman i follow her erin monroe she has just some of the funniest videos so here we go listen i can't have another health conscious queen telling me that all i need to do is listen to my body my body is not telling me to drink water and stretch and eat vegetables and wake up in the morning and work out my body is telling me to stay up until two o'clock in the morning eating nachos in bed washing it down with a bottle of wine like a rabid honey badger growling at my husband when he makes faces at me like he's got a problem with it I can't listen to my body. If I listen to my body, my body is a toddler with access to alcohol. Mm. I'm not li- <sighs> Who's listening to their body and it's telling them good things? Okay, my body says Doritos and Diet Coke. Amen, sister. A fucking men. And I had to include this next one just because she is a whole ass vibe and I'm just here for it. So this is... Deja main page. See, that's your problem. <laughs> Y'all worrying about the boots that's on my feet. Y'all need to be worrying about the beanies for sale. $50, my price gonna stay the same. Ain't nothing. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> for all my audio listeners, God, I love her. She is in a full-on white crop top that has a little pink star on it. Um, she got some low-rise jeans and some boots that maybe don't fit, or maybe it's a style trend. I don't know, but they're knee-high boots, um, but they are not zipped, so they're kind of flapping, and they're this most brilliant metallic blue girl. Get it. And it looks like she sells, um, and she's, let me just say, I love her because she is just muffining, muffin topping all over this video, and her beanie that she apparently sells says muffin. So I finally got the joke. It took me a minute because I haven't slept in two years because I have a two-year-old. So good, good on you. I love that video. It's so funny. And then I love this. Nim, nim, okay, I'm going to just completely butcher your name. So I'm just going to, yeah, here we go. <laughs> here is the coochie song. Fresh coochie, fresh coochie. I washed my coochie this morning, and now my coochie is fresh and clean. Ain't nothing else better than a fresh coochie. Ain't nothing else better than a fresh coochie. And when a fresh coochie. 
<laughs> oh, that needs to be my opening song for real. I love it. Um, and oh my gosh, Shimo- Shimoki. If you don't follow her, you probably have to shoot. It's, these are some of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Hands down. Hey guys, I have something funny to talk about. Any of y'all stay up till 2 to 6 a.m. One, one night, you're up till 2, or, 2 to 6 a.m. the next morning. Then you sleep till 4 or 5 that evening. And then drink five cups of coffee. And wonder why you're shitting so much. And then say to yourself, I'm going to take this sleeping pill and take my ass to sleep. And then you go back and forth from the bed to the couch, drinking coffee. And going back to the bed, talking about, I think I can sleep now, knowing damn well that shit ain't finna happen. <laughs> the laugh at the end oh my god yeah she some of the funniest videos are from that account oh my god all right and then of course we have to get into some fasting man i have shown a video of of this person before i don't know i don't know who this is or accounts or anything but it's so cringe so cringe here we go Yes, master, I am your slave. I am your mindless, obedient slave. I have no will. I have no mind. I am your slave, master. I need to obey my master. I must obey my master. (laughs) I feel like this is a great response to, hey, guys, if you want a traditional woman, here you go. So for all my audio listeners, this gentleman is uh, very—is a very older man. He has the most beautiful earrings, necklace, a beautiful, beautiful cream bag, and a beautiful floral uh, dress on. We've also seen him with a binky and a diaper before, if you remember in past videos. Um, So I'm just going to leave that right where that is. This next one is just funny. She did. She died of fentanyl. Fentanyl, these nuts in her mouth. I mean, you gotta have a D's nuts joke, right? Come on. you got. We can't talk about men and masculinity without having a D's nuts. Come on. <sighs> okay, that's, I'm pretty lame. And then these are just some really inspirational queens. We have to end on a good note. So here we go. This is from Lania Roberts. I love her content. I also um, I also follow her. She's just such a she is just such a positive, beautiful spirit. I love her. So here we go. Regression is a part of growth. Yep. I said it. Sometimes you are going to take backward steps in your process of moving forward. And guess what? 
that's okay. Nobody is screaming at you. Well, I don't know what's happening in your life, but no one should be screaming at you for taking backward steps during your process of growth because guess what? It's a part of it. Actually, we should expect and start expecting ourselves to make more mistakes a part of our journey of trying to grow and become better versions of ourselves while we're doing it because it's inevitable, sweetheart. It's inevitable. It's inevitable to make mistakes. It's inevitable to fall back and regress. So what do we do now that we've regressed? Do we beat ourselves up? Do we be mean to ourselves? Yes, that's an option. <laughs> if you, you can do it if you want, but I think we get back up quicker when we fall if we're not beating ourselves up while we're trying to get up, up, you know, again. It's so important that we recognize that in order for an arrow to go forward, what direction does it have to be pulled in? Backwards. That backwards moment when you step backwards, when you fall back, is used for momentum, whether you know it or realize it or not, for your story to continue on and move on further. So don't give up. I'm telling you right now, it's worth the journey to keep your head up and have that mustard seed of faith that things can grow and get better. Okay? See, I love her perspective on growth. Ugh, and it's just so, like, it's it's so needed for this conversation. Um, and I love when she says specifically that when she says it's it, you get back up after you fall quicker if you don't beat up yourself. That you can go ahead and every feeling is valid in however you feel in any given moment. But just know that you can you can move forward quicker. You can grow faster without beating yourself up. Ah, she's just... Oh, man. She's just a... That was just a, such a positive thing. I just love that. Um... I'm hoping that whatever people can get out of this is that I'm just a person. I, I, I embrace change as much as it's painful to change and it's painful to heal and it's painful to grow and move forward. I'm just, I've always been the kind of person. There's a, there's a quote from Anais Nin. It says, um, let me pull it up. Actually, this is, this is probably my, my favorite quote. And I just want to relay this from Anais Nin. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And I just, I have always kept that quote in the back of my head. Um, I just think it's such a powerful thing. Um, I, as a woman, just in my daily thoughts is, am I skinny enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I doing the best that I can for my kids? Am I a shitty mom? Am I a good mom? I know I'm doing this right. Um, you know, it's like, what are people going to think about the way that I, if, if I get a piercing, what are people going to think about my tattoos? What are, you know, these are all constant things in my head that go on on a daily basis. So then when I get the information that, um, you know, in these gender equality spaces that 
well, we don't, that we have to start defining what a woman is and things like that. And deval, devalid, not like women in women's spaces, not having validity, but yet men in women's spaces have validity. It's just, it's a very challenging time because I've already as a woman not felt like I'm enough, that I'm not pretty enough, that I'm not mom enough, that I'm not. And then to say that, you know, to make a comment like, your, 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 your values are not redeeming of a wedding ring and a family It's hard not to take offense to that. I'm sorry. I just, and I'm trying to be really clear about it. And I'm feeling like, I'm just trying to be transparent. I I feel like I have a muddy perspective on it because it just, it attacks the very being that I am. And so it's hard not to be reactionary and be emotional when, when you hear, you know, that I'm not being, I'm not being traditional enough. I'm not a traditional woman and I don't look a certain way and I don't do a certain thing and I don't think a certain way. Um, but the point I think that I want to make, and, and I'm specifically talking to, to women and women who identify as women and women who are biological women. We are the only ones that can define who we are. And we, I feel like as long as you have love and passion and you want to try to do as best as you can, I feel like that's enough. That's more than enough. And, and it doesn't matter what size, what color, what or how educated, how many children you have, if you've breastfed, if you don't want children, that is enough. As a woman, that is just being who you are and authentically who you are is enough. And I'm happy that I am a woman, but I can definitely see where there needs to be progress. Um, Again, I'm going to reiterate, everybody deserves a space. Every, everybody deserves a space in the world, in society, in life. No one should be invalidated so that you can be validated. Um, and that is not a world or any individuals that I want to be around. To that, I say, you know what? You obviously know what is best for your life, and you go and do what that is. I have no want or will to intervene in anybody who chooses something that they feel like they need to do. I will be as far away. If any man feels like you need to have a subservient wife or a traditional wife, um, that's great for you. Glad. Hopefully you can find that. And And I don't know 
And that's where it kind of gets iffy too, because, you know, there are some women that do choose that, that they want to serve a husband. They, they want to have that and that's fine. But why, why can that be valid? But me getting my education, being a CEO and doing that, why, cause why does that have to be invalid for the traditional wife to be valid? They can coexist. Just like transgender spaces and biological spaces, they have their own space. They can coexist. Like, I, I don't understand, like, why that is such a hard concept. It doesn't mean that they have to interact. It doesn't mean that they have to have the same values. It means that they have their own spaces and they coexist. It doesn't matter if you choose to have kids or not, if you breastfeed, if you homeschool, if you wear more masculine style clothes, you're more feminine, if you have pink hair, if you have black hair, if you have brown hair, if you have curly hair, if you're obese, if you are anorexic, if you're average, if you're black, tan, brown, whatever, it does not matter. Those things don't have to define you as a person. Um, being able to think for yourself, being able to have an opinion, being able to just be a positive force in the world is enough. And with that, I leave us with this last video from a very, very fantastic lady and very beautiful Alicia Keys to all my ladies. Being a woman is like so exceptionally unbelievable. You know, just being able to be this, this, this creator. And so it's powerful. You start to feel like you're a power. And I think sometimes we're not taught to feel our power. We're taught to feel weak or we're taught to feel vulnerable or we're taught to feel shy or we're taught to feel however, you know, we think we're supposed to feel as women. But when you start to feel your power, it's like nothing better. Amen. And that's my hope for all of you fantastic ladies out there. I hope you can even feel like a like itty bitty bit of what your power could possibly be. You can change the world just with that. Um, thank you for sticking with this this video. I really hope that I came clear across. I feel like my brain is just so muddy about this topic, but, um, but I hope some, some things maybe made you think about stuff. Um, I appreciate you guys watching um, just remember that um, I post videos on Fridays. They are not obviously all consistent on every Friday, but I try. And uh, yeah, if you know a special, fantastic woman in your life, um, give her a hug. Tell her you love her. Tell her she's enough. Um, and yeah, appreciate you guys watching. And I will see you all in the next episode and have a fantastic lady day. Bye-bye.